Welcome. You have found us. This is the Riot Underground. This is where we get to meet the disruptors that are changing the world with uh, new and emerging technologies. Uh, oftentimes, we call these disruptors instigators, and I think uh, that's a term that I could use lovingly for our good uh, friend Carl Ford, who's on the line, as well as Mo Nagel. Mo is the editorial director of IoT Evolution, and Carl is content director for the same program. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us. Tom, thanks for having us. And Carl, for the record, is most certainly an instigator. There's so much <laughs> cool stuff happening in the tech space. There's going to be documentaries, major films, other things made down the road. Uh, you're an important character in this story. You get to cast yourself. Wow. Who would you cast to play you in this future uh, technology wow. story? Wow. So this is a tough question because as a kid, a lot of people told me I look like Anthony Michael Hall and uh, like referencing, you know, uh, specifically Sweet 16, the scene on the bus, you know, I, I don't know how familiar you are with that 80s classic, but I don't, oh man, you know, I'd be happy with the Tom Holland. I'd be happy, right. you know, I would take like a Tom Holland playing me today. I don't, I don't know, like on the spot, I think I'm going to stick with that. I think t Spider-Man works for me. Cool. I can see that. That's great. Carl, same question to you. Oh, God, you're you're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> OK, first of all, first of all, I don't know if, if the audience is old enough to me map to remember Jonathan Winters, but I would vote for Jonathan Winters first. And I um, love it. And 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 then if I've got it updated a little bit and it's only a little bit, Martin Mull would probably be my second choice. So, uh, um, you know, I I consider myself. um fifth business. I, I don't consider myself the guy who's driving the business. I consider myself the guy who knows the secrets about the people who are driving the business and getting them up on stage and telling them to, telling them to you. So, you know, that's, that's what my goal. So, you know, I, I always cajole people with a friendly or with a friendly thing while trying to get them to kind of reveal it so people get the uh, gestalt of how they need to say, oh, this is how it's going to impact my business. I know what I'm going to do now. I, I love it. I think we're going to go with winners. I think that's a solid pick. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that. That helps give a visual. In fact, frankly, if folks don't know who Jonathan Winters is, they probably don't know them all either. Uh, so, uh, right. That's, that's, okay. that's true. They're both dated. That's okay. Not a problem. Uh, yeah, great. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so, Carl, you have no shortage of things to say in, in our history of conversations together, but, uh, but I think we both have a, a passion really around technology and, and IoT Evolution is clearly a technology-forward conference. Maybe just start by, by framing what IoT Evolution is, how you got involved in it, and uh, what uh, uh, we should be expecting as we look forward to this year's event. Well, unfortunately, I'm a bit ancient. So, so before there was an IoT Evolution, there was an M2M Evolution. And we got it because of the fact that this was a part of the wireless marketplace that was really being underserved and people weren't understanding it. And I would say, lay a guess that we're still not getting all the people understanding it as well as they should as to what it can possibly be. And uh, what we're focused in on is basically, while we call it the internet of things, I always say it's the internet of services. And it's how are people getting better service as a result of using IoT technology? And that can be within a company, on behalf of a company, or even the consumer can deploy on his own. 
That's fantastic. I, I tend to think IoT is likewise a transient term. Uh, it's really not about the things. It's about all the data and intelligence, everything that comes off. A any idea what the next phrase is going to be after M to M and IoT? Is there, is there a third generation term? You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not quite clear on that. You know, the metaverse term is kind of right popular right now, but I think it's got too much associated with the, the VR side of the equation to accurately portray what's going to happen with um, with all the sensors. I kind of I, I kind of think it's going to have something to do with sensory um, because of the fact that, you know, I, if we all go back to player one, right, um, the play, the time when he gets really excited is when he's got the suit on. Right. So the question is, you know, what can we do to make it so that we we can expand ourselves beyond uh, just seeing the technology on the Web, but actually feeling it. So that's for the human side, for the business side. I think the, the question is, how quickly can we make it so that machines can alarm us when something has to be elevated, but have the rules for when things can be dealt with? Like, so a, a yellow alert can be self-healing, right? Um, and then, you know, when you get to a, and then red alerts could be changed down to a warning level for some because of the fact that it's been contained locally or, you know, when, when it requires human interference and maybe a shutdown. You know, that's that's the big fear is the the hacking and the um, the problem with security. Right. That's that's the delay that we're all experiencing. Right. Which is a big subject for us at IoT Evolution, because, you know, the, the reality is um, we don't know what we don't know. Our, our friends, um, our friends up at um, at uh, the Industrial Internet Consortium say, you know, there are only two types of people that have been hacked, those who know it and those who don't know it. Right. And, uh, you know, the reality is that, you know, every time I try to explain to people how I'm concerned about this stuff, they say, well, I share everything everywhere. I don't really care. And they don't realize that it's not what they're sharing that's being detected, but everything they're doing that's being detected. And that's what drives me insane. All kinds of topics there. Met metaverse, <laughs> cybersecurity, privacy, human machine interfaces. Uh, Mo. As you see this kind of enormity of interesting challenges and opportunities in the tech space, you know, as an editorial director, how, how do you pare it down? How do you decide, you know, what gets on stage and what doesn't? Well, you know, it's tricky because I think there's just so much hype involved, so much hot air, right? Like take the metaverse. Very cool concept. I was a rather large fan of the book, Ready Player One, uh, but I, I just feel as though we're so far away from it that it's tough for me to devote, say, a whole program to that. Or um, like another topic, for instance, love 5G, love the fact that we're starting to see 5G come into play. But, you know, we're nowhere near widespread deployment of, of any of this stuff. So uh, I guess to answer your question, this year we're really focusing on the results-oriented IoT so we're really trying to put things on stage where we can illustrate to our audience, this is what the IoT can do and is doing. Just to put a period on that sentence is, I don't avoid pie in the sky topics because I think it's important to still talk on them, explore the possibility. But I think today it's more important to explore what's actually happening and the actual results tangible out there today. Anything you want to add, Carl? Yeah, well, just I, Bill Gates said said way back when that 
you know, technology always takes a lot longer to implement and is a lot more, a lot more subversive, a lot more inclusive and changes things far more dramatically than people ever get a credit for, right? And, you know, uh, a lot of people take a look at IoT and, and say, oh, it's just, you know, choose, choose a, a segment, smart city. Oh, it's just um, uh, the edge. Oh, it's just healthcare, right? Oh, it's just supply chain. But the reality is that it's totally in, immersive in our world. And it's eventually going to be like the same thing as the fact that, you know, look at us now, we're using a video conferencing system. You know, I, I, I ran conferences about video conferencing 20 years ago, for God's sake. And I sat there and said, you know, I even invested in some of these guys, right? And, you know, the, the, as, as friends have told me, you always want to be a colonist. You never want to be a pioneer. Pioneers get shot. Colonists actually get, get to live, right? So, you know, I, I think we're hoping to let people find the colonists in, in IoT evolution. My, my favorite Gates reference is, you know, his comment about it, everything seems to take far, far longer in the moment. But then when you look back about 10 years, you realize you came a whole lot farther than you than you realized. Right. You know, so it's it's both slow and fast at the same time. And I guess if I, if I just pontificate about the metaverse as the hot topic right now uh, or Web3 or whatever we're gonna, uh, we look at, um, I, I think that's the, the culmination of IoT. You know, we have this desire to collect data from everywhere and to understand it in real time. And to be able to digitize and virtualize that, you know, that's a digital twin. If you're thinking of a, a piece of equipment or whatever, well, at planetary scale, if we had every bit of data in real time and we could put on a VR goggle and see exactly the world we're in, you know, that, that would be a, a digital twin. That's a, that's a metaverse. We can't do anything close to that today. And so, you know, gaming companies are, are creating ready player one, like virtualizations and, you know, video environments because we just we can't collect and transcribe that much data to, to really make it the real world yet but and, that's and, where we are right and 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 there's a big problem embedded in there that that you said tom which we we talk a lot at iot evolution about which is it's it's not about the big data it's about the met it's about the metadata and more importantly the relevant data right yeah it's it's great that a digital twin exists for everything but what have you got that makes it so that you know what you want to react to, right? Because, you know, um, you know, the, my, my reality is such that I have, you know, my Alexa talking to my, um, to my fire TV and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm not sure I want to go any further in the deployment in my house of Alexa listening to everything I say, you know? So, you know, you got you to gotta pick and choose. And I think, you know, part of the learning curve we're watching right now is people finding the relevant data. And that's what I listen for at the show is I always listen for the people who kind of get it. And, uh, and I forget his name now, but, you know, you're, you're, um, you're representative of the governor of, of uh, North Carolina uh, last time, you know, was a good indicator of that, right? He was, he was paying attention to what was important. Yeah, Jeremy Collins is his name. Um, it's uh, it, it is important. A any thoughts, or, or or have you seen any interesting innovations in terms of 
either government organizations, smart city applications, or private industry applications where uh, there is kind of better and proper handling of data from a privacy point of view. So the data is being used for the purpose it's being provided, but it's not capturing that other you know, Alexa data of all the other sounds in my house, right? Uh, Mo, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get a little controversial here. I, I think the big problem right now is we're still exploring everything, right? I, I, I want to make fun of a particular thing going on right now, which is, I don't know if you saw the fact that the gold, goldfish were driving a car. Yep. Um, but you know, I, I sat there and, and I, I said, well, this is interesting. Let me watch it. Right. And basically what the goldfish got taught to do was was swim towards the bait, right? Which, you know, shocker, they probably swim towards food already, right? So I, I think the the if we were goldfish, the press release would be goldfish figure out how to make humans drive them to where the food is, right? And instead of it being, you know, goldfish know how to operate automated cars, right? So I, I think... I think we're in this weird stage where, you know, we just have so many possibilities and so many things to look at that we're not really getting good discernment. So when you ask me where the good discernment is, I think, uh, I'll, I'll tell you one thing I think for, but I don't know for a fact, which I say, think one of the reasons why supply chain is so screwed up is because we've actually improved the process of getting the data, but we haven't improved the process of delivering the data, of delivering the goods. I think we now know that it's stuck out on the uh, on the tanker or the container ship, you know, outside of Fort Lauderdale, but we haven't figured out how to get the tanker ship in in time and delivered on a on a timely manner. So there's a problem with work production and data that hasn't been integrated yet, and I think we're going to see that fixed in the next few years. Yeah, it's, it, there's not enough machines talking to other machines yet. But, but uh, as there's more of that communication, we can, we can more thoroughly optimize. So, and and, uh, and that's, that suggests that the information exchanges are going to become important, right? Which, by the way, Amazon's done a good job of, of trying to build those kind of things in this world, right? They've got partnerships with a lot of, of the uh, automotive companies trying to build information change. How much do you see that, you know, for a couple of years now, really edge computing has been a big topic and, and distributed computing, you know, this idea of bringing those information exchanges closer to the application and not having the latency of taking something to a traditional cloud. Um, you know, do, do you see, you know, is cloud dead? Is, is edge the future or is there, is there going to be both? What do you see? Maybe I'll ask you. I think there's a future for both. I think obviously edge has been red hot just because of the benefits, I think the benefits are undeniable, but I, I think there will always be a place for cloud. I mean, to use an example from the networking side, it's kind of like we're seeing a lot of sassy, right? A lot of sassy chatter. It's a hot topic because it's security and networking coming together. But the fact of the matter is, is that just because sassy is hot doesn't mean that SD-WAN's going anywhere, right? Like that's still going to stay part of the network. So while Edge is definitely offering a lot of pros, that's not to say that cloud's going anywhere anytime soon. What do you think, Carl? Well, I, I'm, I don't know why, but I'm in a mocking mood today. So I apologize. And, and you know, I, it strikes me that every, every Edge 
um, press release I see references the cloud in some way, shape or form right after it says edge. So, you know, I, I, I think there's a coexistence that is going to take place anyway, but, you know, I, I don't think they quite have it figured out as to, you know, for you and me, Tom, you know, we're, we're all telecom. So trombones drive us nuts, right? So you want to have edge processing as much as possible because the thought of sending a, a, a message back to its original source to send out again is just stupid, right? Uh, and, and yet, you know, God knows what my old trunking systems look like. Um, but when you sit there and you think about um, what it's going to take to make it so the edge processing gets really understood, I think that's where the metadata and the relevant data starts to be really parsed. So I think the people we should be paying attention to are the people trying to process the data and not necessarily the guys who are sitting there and building the equipment for it. Well, and so let me ask both of you guys, um, right? Referencing the gold rush, it wasn't, it wasn't those guys who were digging for gold who made the money. It was those selling the, the, you know, the picks and the axes and the shovels. Who, who do we think those people are going to be right in the next three, four five years? I think is the question, right? especially when we're talking about the edge and this race to edge compute. It, Tom, you want to take a shot first? It, it, yeah, I'll jump in. I, I think one of the things that's, uh, that's fascinating that, that uh, is happening right now is that the, the mobile industry completely flubbed on the marketing of 5G because 5G is fundamentally different. And, and here I'm talking about the, the, the higher frequency part of 5G. It's fun, fundamentally different from the traditional 2G, 3G, 4G evolution. And I think going forward, 5G networks are not communications networks. They're processing, they're edge processing. And, mm. and to see Amazon, for example, getting into private 5G networks, it's because they want to own that processing layer. And that's, you know, that's the pick and the shovel of, of IoT analytics. And so uh, you know, go, going forward, there's going to be, I think, a collision between the traditional processing, say, semiconductor side of the house mm. and the traditional telecom side of the house to say, who's going to win that edge network? Right. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with that, Tom. And I think the thing we're going to see is that there's, there's carve outs and niches that will allow people other than the, the Amazons and the, and the Microsofts and the Googles of the world to, um, to find a sweet spot to basically be the shuffle, the shovel providers for specific industries but um you know it's it's going to be a vast majority is going to be in the in the processing of the edge you know one of the interesting conversations i've had recently is that um is that amazon and microsoft and and google aren't buying off the shelf equipment anymore they're getting custom servers right so, you know, the Dells and the, and, and the HPs and, and the other equipment manufacturers are all kind of sitting there kind of, you know, servicing a marketplace uh, with diminishing returns. Let's talk just, you know, in the few minutes we have left, a little bit more about what's coming this summer. We've got an exciting program. Uh, are there any teasers, any tidbits that you can share, anything that folks should be excited about? So... I'll jump in here. We've got a couple really interesting keynotes uh, coming up, uh, specifically one that I can speak to today about uh, coming from John Deere, and it'll be focused on ag tech. 
that I think is one of the areas of IoT that deserves the most focus these days, considering, um, considering the amount of problems in the world and how many people have told me the IoT can save the world. Uh, world hunger is up there on the list and John Deere is doing some really cool things on the ag tech side of things that our audience will be able to get a behind the curtains look at, which I think will be pretty cool. I think that's awesome. For, for years, I've been kind of excited about the opportunity in agriculture to begin to very much be manufacturing. You know, manufacturing is understood machine to machine from back when it was M to M. They understand right. optimization and yield and throughput. And, uh, to be able to bring that tech to ag allows us to do huge goals like solving world hunger. So I, I, I love that. It's fantastic. And then just to give a shout out, an honorable mention to a company who's doing a really great job of that is uh, Zero Carbon Farms. I don't know if you're familiar with them, Tom, but they're taking old uh, World War II uh, bomb shelters in Europe and turning them. All right, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get that answer again while we're waiting. Carl, what are you excited about? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny we're, we're talking about agriculture. I was just thinking, and, and this is postulation, I can't prove this yet. But it'd be interesting to see if, if, um, if it brings back small farms again, if the technology gets us to the point where, you know, the, the reason small farms kind of died down was because we had to automate it all. And, you know, that made it so big machinery mattered. But it could be that, you know, we're getting to a point where, you know, John Deere can enable people to make it so those local farms that right now, you know, grow clover and not much else, you know, will actually start, you know, producing again. So, you know, who knows the, you know, I, I'm, I'm from New Jersey and, you know, we've got patents on tomatoes for God's sake. So who knows what we could do. It'll be interesting because if you have the right edge communications, if you will, this <laughs> idea of, of eating local and very small, but still efficient supply chains could, could happen. Right. Yeah. In, in a way that today really can't because it has, it's had to scale in a different kind of a way. So, uh, yeah, really fascinating. So um, back to the cliffhanger here. Dot, dot, dot. What were you saying, Mo, about what they're I, doing in the barracks? I was giving but, an honorable mention to Zero Carbon Farms because I think what they're doing is so cool. Taking old World War II bomb shelters and turning them into farms, all sustainably using uh, green tech to power all of it. So and it's not just marijuana, right? Just to be clear. It is no marijuana. It is food. We're talking veggies. We're talking salads. We know the cannabis industry is actually at the fore of IoT and ag tech, all kidding aside. But uh, these guys, Zero Carbon Farms, just love what they're doing. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. Awesome. Well, those are great teasers. It's a huge event. I encourage everyone to go. Uh, we will be there. Ryan will be there. Uh, Carl and Mo will both be there. Incredible stories. Uh, there's a startup uh, competition. There's an event floor, exhibits, everything. Uh, can't wait for this summer. Thanks for coming on the program today, guys. Hi, y'all. Caroline Griffin here, dropping in to say thanks for listening. And if you have any questions for Riot, send me a note. You may reach me at caroline at riot.org. This Riot Underground podcast is created and produced by Riot Studios with music by Scott Jackson. Riot is a nonprofit focused on economic development through the Internet of Things or IoT. We produce events, 
conferences, and educational courses around the world. And we run an early stage startup accelerator out of Riot Labs in Raleigh, North Carolina. Our nonprofit also operates a wireless test and certification facility under the Wireless Research Center brand. Learn how to engage by visiting us at riot.org.